Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. That's a story for another time. I was just gonna say, isn't it weird how shit like that always happens? Like here's the thing. If you look back, even us, the way we like connected was it was almost like a magnet bringing everything like you know? Patrick's convinced that I invented a time machine and you stole it from me. So I went back yeah. in time to retrieve it and we just yeah. haven't caught up to that point yet. Oh, where where I where I stole it from you in the future. Where I where I back. try to where I try to stop you from trying to go to the it's the we're way down the iteration at this point. Okay. How awesome is that tune. So that was by Dianon. They don't know. It's out on iTunes too. Um, that was actually quite dope. <laughs> I love Gavin's laugh. Well, welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. It's the 15th of April, 2021. And nothing says, <laughs> you know, look, a lot of you see this in the chat room too, right? Tori, you're spitting truth. You're, you know, you're actually putting out content that is relevant and we need to be doing things and it's of action, not reaction and not sitting. So why is it that crazy, you know, conspiracy accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers? And again, it's bots. They're complaining, but it's bots. They're going down. We're going up. It's because whatever truth is always shining. Ha. But I'm no big account. I'm no one, you know, that they'd be up. But for some reason, you know, Waypo went after me. What was it? Um, the New York. Oh, shoot. Who are we suing? Damn, where's Patrick? I can't pull him out of my pocket. Um, you know, they went after me, slandering me, causing me harm. And now, you know, I've got New York Times creeping up in my DMs and my email. And I'm like, what? Why are you coming at me? Why are you coming at me saying right winger? If anybody knows my work, definitely not a right winger. So that's what's bizarre. Just because I, you know, like Trump doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm a right winger. I think we've all seen that there's no such thing as right or left. It was always a uni party. It's pro-America against America. That's basically it. So I'm expecting, well, hopefully not for them because, you know, lawsuits and all, war chest, that's what's up. Um, but I don't understand. So they're going to be writing articles to cancel people. Twitch is awesome. I love rating people. I like watching people play the piano. Don't you guys? We can like interact. We can make our own emotes, right? Totally freaking love it. And we watch movies together like duh and play video games. And, and just so you guys know, I think I know my daughter wants me to stream it on my gaming account. I don't want to because then everyone's going to know which is my gaming account, right? But I'm going to play a game. I, I play games. I, you know, I like games, right? So uh, my eldest daughter has convinced me to stream me and her playing one of my favorite games, which is Age of Empires. Don't know when we're going to do this, but um, that was one of my favorite games. I've been playing that game since 2000. Uh, and one insanely. Okay. So back then when they had DSL 56 K modems, I would link up, I would get all the cheats. I would, my favorite map was the Mitchy map and I would always be the Byzantines, right? Uh, uh, those were my guys. Um, 
um, or the Huns, right? Uh, so I'm, I should, I, there's new Age of Empires coming out. I am like, when I saw that, I was like foaming, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So, um, I'm just saying like, I, I, I love gaming. So, Anyway, so the New York Times uh, asked me to answer a couple questions that were completely wrong. I was like, why are you asking me that question? And what? Like, where are you getting this information? Kind of sounds like a hit piece with fake information. That would be really bad. But you know what? Tori's a little person. If I was that little, you wouldn't be coming after me. So um, it's okay. When they sling... They just make you stronger. It's like, what was that monster? In what movie was it? Come on, guys. I'm, I'm checking the chat. What was that monster called where they would like throw things at this monster and it would absorb it and get bigger? What was it called? Um, it, was, it was called something specific. It was the one that was absorbing. Like every time you would shoot at it, um, it was it the blob. Yeah. So I'm like the blob. Every time you throw stuff at me, I'll just keep growing and growing and growing. So bring it. Um, I mean, how many times are you going to talk about the same story and spin it? Right. I'm, I'm just saying how many times, and it seems like it's an intentional attack, targeted attack to deplatform conservative. I'm pretty sure that there are actual right wingers on, uh, you know, Twitch. I mean, there's this guy that I follow that's a real left winger, like really out there. Like he even had like stuff, orange man, bad. I would watch him. I'm actually subscribed to him uh, called Jack AM. So why are they targeting right wingers and not the crazy insane lefties that are promoting like death to people? You know, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, but the thing is, they could say whatever they want, right, left. I don't, I don't really care. You could say whatever you want. Uh, the thing is, uh, it's when it translates into something, uh, you know, more dangerous, right? And so I don't know what they think translating. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they think that it's dangerous to hold your local officials accountable. I think it's dangerous to them, right, that um, you're going to be writing letters and um, that's basically how it is. You know, that this is this is it. But I'm pretty sure that there's actual right wingers, which I'm not um, on Twitch somewhere. You know, I mean, they can make the argument that I'm a right winger because I like President Trump. But I think I give more shit to the right <laughs> than anything. So I guess maybe they're just not even familiar with my work. So they're just yeah, exactly. Thank you. They're not targeting right wingers. They're just targeting wrong thinkers. If you can't fall in line, that's it. So, um, and it's, and this is how you could see that, um, uh, the CIA, I mean, you guys saw it with Brennan's, uh, thing the other day that WAPO and the New York Times are actually assets of the agency and that they put forward information that they're instructed to do or they're given instruction to do things. Now, I know it's because of the Joe Biden story that's coming. Uh, that's going to be not only massive against selected Joe Biden, right? But it's going to be massive against other politicians. And I'm sorry to tell you, but the majority of them, are Republican. And they're all the usual rhinos, but some rhinos you just didn't expect. And it's going to be so massive that there's going to be nowhere to hide. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be so upset, but yo, it is what it is. Truth is what it is. And we cannot, you know, avoid truth because we feel like it. 
So um, I um, thought that today we can kind of visit the the Hunter Biden uh, article that I put out yesterday, um, you know, because you could probably get away with murder, of course. But before that, I wanted us to get into a few news, right? So the first thing is the concerns that are being expressed of, um, what is it called? Uh, making fake COVID passports. So for some reason, uh, you know, people are really upset that, um, people are going to get fake COVID passports. Now, if you are forcing people to have to have that, there's going to be a black market for people that can't take vaccines or don't want to take vaccines or just want to wait until it's actually approved. And it's been a couple of years to see, uh, is this actually safe? So here is what their problem is. The problem that they created. Listen to this. It's, it's crazy. This is from the Epic Times. Oh, it's not playing. There we go. If like, Hold on, let's start that again. And I don't think you guys are seeing it, right? Okay, so let me do that right quick. All right, here we go. If you're trying to travel and stay active during the pandemic, you've likely had to show you're negative for COVID-19 at some point. Show a doctor's certificate, maybe. Well, now some people are trying to cheat the system by showing a fake certificate. Today's Colin Fredrickson reports. Fake COVID-19 health certificates are vexing businesses and institutions. People who aren't tested or vaccinated still want to do things in society. The thing is, certificates are so easy to make. I mean, candidly, I, I, I think my children could do it if they needed to. Unfortunately, the U.S. government hasn't you know, effectively set a standard. Fake certificates have appeared even on the dark web, selling for hundreds of dollars. So we have a huge team that spends all their time on the dark web, for example, looking for advertising. I just want you guys to see what is this guy's name? Brian Linder. What does he say he is? Cybersecurity evangelist. Just remember that. Cybersecurity evangelist. Advertisements for fake COVID tests, fake vaccine cards. Checkpoint Technologies says many bad agents on the dark web aren't that interested in selling fake certificates. What they truly care about? identity theft while you may think you're doing yourself a favor by giving up let's say your name your phone number whatever credentials that you're giving to get a negative test so you can travel for example what you're effectively doing is is selling your identity airlines in particular are vexed the cdc says around 120 countries demand test results for entry and many travelers are forging certificates to get in a possible solution vaccine card passports, if you will. Uh, it's not so much in the United States yet, but it's definitely something a buzz in the industry. Airlines don't want to verify certificates at the airport, saying it'll take too much time. There is no central item or government governing this, right? So it's really a federal or probably a federal mandate or even international mandate that has to come downward. The FBI says do not buy fake vaccine cards. Do not make your own vaccine cards and do not fill in blank vaccination record cards with false information. It adds that the unauthorized use of an official government agency's seal is a crime and can be punishable by up to five years in prison. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. Wall Street index is closed pretty mixed today. Despite Huh. So don't make any fake ones. But if you want to live, you're going to have to have it. 
So you're going to have to go against your religion, against your uh, thoughts, against your prerogative to have dominance and domain and dominion over your own body. Because look at all these, what was, how did that insane person say it? Look at all these nice things and, and freedoms that you can enjoy if you get it. And it's like, what? No, thank you. So they've created this problem. So now they're going to penalize people that say, I'm terrified of taking the vaccine. I don't want someone sticking something up my nose because you can't even prove that I'm a harm to society. Are we going to get into that? That's really wrong. It's really wrong. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to be, um, you know, criminals now. Like I mentioned, the largest cryptocurrency exchange in America is now trading on the NASDAQ. Its initial valuation puts it on par with some of the biggest companies in the world. Entities Phil Zoe reports. The largest U.S. cryptocurrency exchange, Coinbase, debuted Wednesday at $381 a share on NASDAQ, valuing the company at $100 billion. That implies Coinbase is worth more than giants like CVS and Zoom and puts it on par with the New York Stock Exchange as one of the biggest exchanges in the world. Coinbase's fortunes will definitely depend on Bitcoin's fortunes. And Bitcoin is a speculative asset that goes up and down like a yo-yo. Gerard says early Coinbase investors have been waiting to cash in, and now they're selling at the top of the market. They need interested buyers. So they've got that. So numbers look good, and this is the time to strike. But some say buyers are not phased. This is a safer way to invest in crypto. Because one doesn't have to bet on the direction of crypto or really understand crypto to know that there's a lot of activity and you're buying the broker of a lot of this activity. As long as there are legitimate ways to remove your money from the cryptocurrency world into the realer, I would say real, but realer world, I think you're in good shape. Experts say being regulated is better than not being regulated. This is only the be- Right. So now they're going to be taxing your cryptocurrency because people are accepting it. And now you can be regulated. Right. So I guess the IRS is going to rewrite stuff too. Beginning. Regulation, inspection and transparency, much more than we've had, is a good idea because the Bitcoin market's really, really badly manipulated and regulators are only just looking at it. People are looking at other ways to invest in this in this new area. I'm sure that others will follow this path. And then, be, then the exchanges themselves will compete with each other as businesses. So like I told you, PayPal was bringing in this new currency, right? That uh, this new company, oh, I'm trying to remember the name. Hold on. Let me look it up. Because, um, okay, just so you guys know, I'm a little bit off today. Because I had a I had a scheduled appointment with my dentist in September, paid for the work that was supposed to be done in September, and I finally got to that appointment this morning. So <laughs> that's just how much I've been putting it off. There it is. Stellar Lumens. That's it. Um, or is it Uniswap? Damn it. It's what or is it Chainlink? Damn it. I'm trying to see. Wait. Um I think it's Stellar Lumen, that Ukrainian one, right? So, yeah, so basically, um, PayPal is now going to be using a company and so are other banks where they're going to be like the intermediary for um, money. So, like, if I send you a dollar through PayPal, that dollar will be converted into Stellar Lumens and then Stellar Lumens will send it back to me. Uh, They're going to avoid using banks as um, 
uh, clearing houses, but they're going to be using cryptocurrency. So um, this is how uh, they are slowly bringing this into a more controlled currency where there's not going to be any more cash. Cash is going to be worthless. Uh, so um, this way um, they can control how much money you have. And for those that are buying um, Bitcoin and getting into uh, crypto late, that market crashes, you're done. And so now they're walking into a, um, you know, a more regulatory way. Uh, so that way uh, they can manipulate digitally <laughs> everything. So that's what's, um, that's what's really happening. These are like the preemptive things. Oh, we need to regulate and we should be able to translate it into real currency. But the joke is it's not going to be real currency anymore. Coinbase just wants to be the major crypto bank that houses all these. Now, Coinbase doesn't have all cryptocurrencies. I have a Coinbase. Um, I have Coinbase. Um, they don't do doggy coin. They don't do other ones. Uh, they do the ones that have contracts um, with banks and with organization. So uh, I just wanted to clarify that for you guys um, to understand that. Now listen to what um, ensues with their report on banking. Okay. That way you can see how it dovetails. Phil Zoe, NTD News. Coinbase shares rose to almost $430 today, but closed at $328. That brings its current market cap down to around $86 billion. Still pretty good. And big banks, JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, all reporting big increases in quarterly earnings. Releasing reserves set aside to cover pandemic-driven loan defaults helped. wasn't as bad as they feared. Fred Katamai reports. Blowout earnings from three of the top U.S. banks. J.P. Morgan Chase's quarterly net income nearly quintupled to $14.3 billion. Goldman Sachs jumped sixfold, and Wells Fargo's profit catapulted sevenfold. Setting aside less money to cover sour loans as the economy rebounded from the pandemic helped beef up the bottom line at the three banks. O'Neill Global Advisors Chief Investment Officer Randy Watts. Banks took a lot of loan loss reserves last year around this time. Uh, loan quality has actually been better than they expected. So some of those loan loss reserves are going to get reversed and flow back into the income statement. Big jumps in investment banking and trading revenue also boosted profit at J.P. Morgan and Goldman. A surge in initial public offerings featuring private firms merging with listed shell companies kept investment bankers busy. And the retail trading frenzy centered on so-called meme stocks like GameStop helped drive trading revenue up 57% at Goldman and 37% at J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon voiced optimism, saying, We believe the economy has a potential to have extremely robust multi-year growth. His bank is seen as a barometer of the health of the U.S. economy. And Apple's first product launch of the year is scheduled for April 20th. The company says the virtual events tagline is Spring Loaded. Apple's expected to unveil updated iPad Pros and AirPods. The MacBook Pro and Air are also due for revamps, but those might come later. Bernie Madoff, who was convicted for running the largest known Ponzi scheme in history, died today in federal prison. He was serving a 150-year sentence. Zachary Goldman reports. Bernie Madoff, convicted of running the largest known Ponzi scheme in history, 
died Wednesday in federal prison, where he was serving a 150-year sentence. Mr. Adolph, what are you going to say something to the victims? He'd been incarcerated in Butner, North Carolina, after he was sentenced in 2009 for engineering a fraud estimated as high as $64.8 billion. He was 82 years old. Madoff's thousands of victims included individuals, big and small, charities, pension funds, and hedge funds. Among those betrayed were actors Kevin Bacon, Kira Sedgwick, and John Malkovich, baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Sandy Koufax, and a charity associated with Hollywood director Steven Spielberg. Nobel Prize winner Ellie Wiesel's foundation lost more than $15 million in Madoff's fraud. Quote, we thought he was God. We trusted everything in his hands, Wiesel said in 2009. For decades, Madoff ran his scheme out of a midtown Manhattan tower known as the Lipstick Building, lying to his clients about trades he never made and returns that didn't exist, while duping new clients into handing over their wealth. The money helped Madoff and his wife Ruth enjoy luxuries such as a Manhattan penthouse, a French villa, and expensive cars and yachts, with a combined net worth of about $825 million. The scheme collapsed when the 2008 financial crisis drove his investors to try and cash out, but their money was gone. Ruth Madoff was never charged. She said she felt her husband had betrayed her after nearly a half century of marriage. Their son, Mark, died by suicide in 2010 on the second anniversary of his father's arrest. Their other son, Andrew, died of cancer in 2014. No immediate members of his family were in court when he was sentenced to a century and a half behind bars. Yeah, huh. looks like the wife was the source and that there was no collapse. They manufactured it. The wife was the source. If you look back on it... The whole family was wiped out, except for the wife, who made out quite well. Because, you know, she's not hungry. She's still in penthouses, you know? And what he did was he hurt their pockets. See, yay, they will come after you if you are going to hurt their pockets. And it's not through boycotts. I told you how it is. And what he did hurt their pockets, supposedly. But nope, you see how assets are within you. They will cause harm to you. They could be the people closest to you. And the wife was okay with this. She lost both her sons. Probably why uh, they, they couldn't go on. One of them committed suicide. That's, you know, hey, to each their own, right? Where they have the ability to do things. And speaking of companies and making them pay, right? And how everybody says boycotts, like I said, Boycotts aren't the way you hurt them. You hurt them with the laws that you have available to you. If they don't do their job like they're supposed to, then uh, you enforce the laws that you have in place to protect you. And that is how you do it. And it's not on a federal level. Guys, it's on a local level. You decide what happens in your county and your city. That's the way it is. And don't let anyone tell you different. You don't need the big bad fed to come in. You got this. Now, take a listen to what Jim Jordan had to say. Traveling, um, hopefully, it's my first trip to the Northern Triangle, um, stopping in Mexico and then going to Guatemala. We have plans in the work to go to Guatemala um, as soon as possible. Well, that was Vice President Kamala Harris earlier today announcing that she will be traveling south of the border. But no- but the border czar is not going to the border. She's going to skip right over that and go everywhere else. Got it. You got that, guys? No word on when she's actually traveling to our border to see the situation down there firsthand, which is so important. House Republicans today taking a dig at her with Congressman Steve Scalise holding a milk carton with her photo saying she's missing on the border. Well, joining us now to discuss 
the administration's handling or not handling of the crisis is Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, welcome back. Good to be with you, Lindsay. All right. I have a two part question for you. So bear with me. You know, she announces she's going to Guatemala to Mexico before our border. Um, is this a mistake? And then second, she says she's going to find the root cause here. Uh, but we already know what the root cause is. The administration invited them uh, to our country. I mean, she's missing the point, it feels like. The, the root cause is, you're exactly right, uh, Lindsay. Joe Biden announced we weren't going to finish the wall, that we weren't going to do any deportation. He put a moratorium on deportation. But most importantly, he undid this Remain in Mexico policy, the MPP program, which every single agent, we were down there last week, as you know, every single agent, every single agent said that policy change in and of itself is the reason that there is this chaos and this crisis on the border. So why, why doesn't the vice president go to Texas before she goes to the Northern Triangle? Why does she go to Texas before she goes to Mexico? Why won't she go to the border? Why won't the president go to the border? The reason is they don't want the American people to fully understand the gravity of this situation and the fact that they caused it. Their policy change, if you're going to get rid of the Trump policies that worked, what are you going to replace them with? Because they haven't replaced them with anything other than we're just going to process this flood of individuals who are coming across our country and these kids who are going through all kinds of turmoil. Um, that is not a policy. That is just, as we've said many times, that is chaos. That is a crisis. Well, and, and Congressman, to, to Lindsay's point, she's going she's gonna to fly down there. She's going to go to Guatemala to find out the root cause. And they're going to go. The root cause is you invited them. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. When you say, when you announce to the world, come on in, we're not going to have a wall. We're, when, when we get there, we're going to process you within eight hours. If you come in with a family and you have a child under six, within eight hours, you are put on a bus, put on a plane and sent somewhere in this country, somewhere all over the United States. So that we, we saw that facility. And by the way, it's interesting, the date that facility, they put this temporary facility up. January 23rd, 2021, three days into the Biden administration, the world already knew what Biden was advertising. Come on in. And so three days in the administration, they set up this facility to quickly and fastly process individuals and process families. Like I said, within eight hours, they're put on a bus or put on a plane and sent somewhere across our country. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I want to switch gears for a second. You sit on the House Judiciary Committee. They, You guys voted on a bill today that establishes uh, a commission to look at reparations for descendants of slaves in this country. Tell us about what went down, your stance on the legislation well, and where this is headed. No, great, great thing. We're actually going to deal with that here late tonight. We're still walking through this this markup, uh, uh, Sean. Uh, but yeah, that's that's scheduled to happen soon. Uh, that bill establishes a 15 member commission to look at reparations. Now, interesting. Here's who put. Uh, here's who uh, makes up the commission. Speaker Pelosi appoints three. Uh, Senator Leahy appoints three, and President Biden appoints three. And then the other six have to come from organizations that support reparations. So wonder what their conclusion is going to be. They're going to take money from people who were never involved in the evil of slavery and give it to people who were never a part of the evil of slavery. It makes absolutely no sense. But again, this is as this is just how how radical the left is today. Understand the last six weeks in the House, they have passed radical legislation that would that would dramatically change election law, that would dramatically change gun law, that would dramatically change immigration law, that would dramatically change police law, that would make D.C. a state. And now this law, which wishes all that's coming through the House. And as your previous guest, my colleague and friend, Mr. Comer, said, let's hope Joe Manson and Kristen Sinema keep their word to their constituents and don't change the filibuster. Mm. Sure. Congressman, I want to switch gears here for a minute, talking about 
liberal agendas. We have seen cancel culture at its best lately with large corporations. The MLB obviously canceling the all-star game out of Georgia because of Georgia's voting laws. You know, oftentimes people on the right, conservatives say, okay, we're not going to play the boycott game. We don't do that like the left. But at what point is the right point to engage? Because if Republicans don't boycott the MLB, then it feels like there's no consequences for them. So where is the line here ultimately? Well, maybe it is time for that. I've seen some some good conservative folks that I have a lot of respect for write columns about maybe it's time we actually do boycott some of these uh, corporations. But I think we need to understand the big pe- big picture. The left controls everything. The left controls big media. The left controls big tech. The left controls big government. The left controls big sports. The left controls Hollywood. The left controls higher education. But the one entity the left doesn't control, state government. And that's where we really have to push back. And there's no finer example of that than what Governor DeSantis and the legislature in Florida are doing. I'm sorry. Did I hear that correctly? Did James O'Keefe just say what you, the people, have been doing in Telegram for the past couple of months? Can you see that? What did he say? Exactly what we've been doing for the past three months. You ready? That's what's up. State control. That's what's up. Because if every state works, if you go local, Damn, they've got no leg to stand on. They could pander all they want on the federal circuit, but your state has more control than the federal. Remember, the union between the states is that they decide to cooperate, but the ultimate power lies within your state. So can you hear how Jim Jordan just spoke your words? This is what we've been doing. It's not about the boycott. He said it's great. But what did he say? It's the power of your state. So I just want you to understand that when um, you tackle big giants that have the biggest megaphone, that are bigger, they're badder, and they've got all, you know, the money going. You heard it yourself. Jim Jordan told you. It's like the state. What, you know, DeSantis is doing, what the people in Florida are pushing into. So, so ironic. It started in Florida, right? You see, the power of your state is insane. If you remember months and months ago, I had showed you how they um, got George Washington to be president, right? And how the union of the colonies, right? Because this is history was all about forfeiting control. The states didn't want to leave control. Some states were like, nah, man, we're going to be an independent country. We're going to be so big. I think it was Virginia that had gassed their head up completely. You know, now that they had rebelled against the crown. So let's put it this way. So now that the states will rebel against the crown, what's the crown, the corporations, you know, they got to find some middle ground and say, all right, let's work together. This is already in place. The, the, you know, when they did the whole, you know, constitution, they said, these are the foundations. We do not rock these foundations. We come together and each state is independent. Remember that. So again, I think he's speaking about what you guys have been doing for three months now. So, uh, let me rewind that portion of it so you can hear it with your own ears now. Can you see that he's speaking our language? Media. The left controls big tech. The left controls big government. The left controls big sports. The left controls Hollywood. The left controls higher education. But the one entity the left doesn't control, state government. 
And that's where we really have to push back. And there's no finer example of that than what Governor DeSantis and the legislature in Florida are doing, pushing back on passport vaccines and, and, and all this other vaccine passport, all these different uh, uh, things are doing, standing up to big tech in our state. We had our legislature override a Republican governor who had curfews and everything, all kinds of uh, decisions he made relative to COVID. Our state legislature overrode the governor's veto of a bill that now gives the legislature more authority and power in making these decisions as it should be, as it should have been from the beginning. So that's where we really have to push back states in our federalist system, in our 50 state system. They have to, particularly the ones where we have complete Republican control, we have to push back there. And then as individuals, we need to remember we still have the Constitution and those rights as apply to us as individuals. And we need to exercise and speak out against the cancel culture every chance we get. So what is your advice to leadership? Right. So these corporations all sign these letters saying that they're not going to stand for this, these laws, which frankly make it easier to vote and harder to cheat because none of them read the bill. Uh, what, what are you guys doing when they come to engage with you guys? I mean, just uh, in other words, all these big corporations, they're going to be coming up to the hill, lobbying for whatever they want. Now, yeah. what are you and yeah. your colleagues going to do in terms of interacting with them? Sean, they're going to come talk to us and say, hey, hey, by the way, even though we're doing all this left wing stuff, even though we're speaking out against the good, the good law that was passed in the Georgia, uh, please don't let the Democrats raise our taxes. And we'll say, look, you I mean, maybe we should say you made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. I mean, we're for keeping the tax code in place that we passed a few years ago, the, the, the Trump tax cuts. But and I'm all for that because I know it's good for the economy and it's good for working class families, good for all Americans. But you know what? They're going to come to us at some point and say that, too. So maybe maybe uh, maybe we'll have to have a nice, friendly conversation when that uh, when that time arrives. I hope. Did he just talk about taxes? <laughs> Wait, didn't we talk about that, too? How we could just raise taxes and find them. And the, the taxes that he's referring to is what I told you. They get tax holidays to have companies within your state. Right. Delta has to pay taxes or not pay taxes or get some easement in order to be able to fly to your state and to your airport. So if they decide that they're not going to abide by your state laws, you can ban them from operating within your state or you could just find the shit out of them until they comply. Um, and you can give them a limit. You could be like, you have a year to comply if you do not, or like a month to comply, change your policies or you're not doing business and we're going to be finding you every day a million dollars because we said so see these are things your state can do what can they say oh yeah you can't uh well you are violating our state laws so yeah kind of think we can't kind of think we can so the the faster you guys realize just how much power you have locally it's insane because let's pretend that walmart says you can't come in unless you have like a covid passport Right. Then, you know, Ohio, the state of the Ohio can say, well, hold on a second. In our state, we've banned COVID passports. I don't care where private is. Well, you're a private business doing business in the state of Ohio. And if you're violating our laws, then you're going to get fined. So either you change your law or you get fined or don't do business here. And if your company that violates our law is now going to stick to strictly online, see, that's their loophole. Well, only do deliveries. Well, then we're going to give extra taxes for coming into our state because you failed on meeting our laws. I am expressing to you the way this war can go. This is how it is. Nobody can tell us what to do. We self-govern. <laughs> I'm so sorry. If you think going down to D.C. or grabbing people like Jim Jordan by the throat and saying, you're going to do what I say, uh, it's not going to work. 
but you can go down to your city council and say, all right, listen, all you 10, 12, seven clowns, whatever they are, because a lot of people don't even know their names, you're going to do this. And if you don't do it, you're out. I read my city charter. I can actually invoke this or I can do this. Keep in mind, it's not going to be very pretty. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do about it? Don't worry. I've got 20,000 people online that will support my efforts to remove you. Test me. And this is how you get things done. It's pretty plain and simple. No one can tell a city or a state what to do. City laws have to comply with state laws, right? So if your state law says no COVID passport, but your city says, oh, we're still going to have masks and we're going to have passports. Guess what? City council is, uh, you know, evicted. And uh, then the people of the city are threatened with fines until they fix that. This is how it goes. Your state is more important than the federal clowns that you have posing there with great gym memberships in D.C. Um, you know, all these big, you know, companies like CNN, NBC, Waypo, the New York Times, all of them. They could say shit till they're blue in their face. They have no power within the state boundaries. I mean, you know how much no power they have? Can you see it? Do you think what New York Times puts out affects your state? Maybe. Influence what? Options. But does it have any effect? Absolutely not. So that's the way it is. Um, and this is why all those Q warrantos that have been filed in other states have been sealed. Sealed. Remember, Judge Berman Jackson... That was Roger Stone's judge sealed the Q warrant. You have to remember that. So within your states, you have the power to do everything. You need to hound down your legislators and be like, dude, do your job. And if you don't want to go to your state legislators, start with your county. Say, all right, within our county, because I pay taxes here, you need to make sure that there's no mask mandates. Judge just said that it's illegal. You tell these companies, put them on notice that in our county, they're not allowed to enforce that. I don't care if they're a private company. It's discriminating against people that can't do it. Start with your county. I mean, you can have a small county with like a thousand people. Dude, it'll work because it's only a thousand people, right? That live there. Start small. Remember, be a shark in a goldfish bowl, right? Rather than a shark among sharks. Because like the blob, you eat all the goldfish and then you're on the next level. Let's get into a 30-gallon tank. Let's get into a 50-gallon tank. Let's get into this. And then you're swimming with the fishes as a giant, the megalodon, right? So that's how you win against massive corporations. Speaking of massive lies in corporations, right? Now, we talked about this in March, talked about it all summer long. BS of what they were doing. Now, this is, uh, I'm going to show you three parts of what Expose uh, Project Veritas did. It was incredible. The media is not talking about it. It's being uh, throttled on, uh, you know, the average social media channels. And um, it's, you know, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. So, um, Wait, here we go. Let me let me get this going. This is interesting. Oh. We would always show shots of him jogging. Him and aviator shades and like a, like you paint him as a young geriatric. 
we were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were, so that's, that's, I think that's probably it. <laughs> So you heard him say that they were painting him as a young geriatric. Remember when I was on one of my shows uh, back in the summer where I was uh, showing you video of Joe Biden in a freaking comic book that looked nothing like Joe Biden. It's like the guy can't tie a shoe, but they had him in like a robe looking all like athletic. And it's like, dude, he can't bend over and tie a shoe without toppling over. Are you kidding? So, um, they even said they wanted to paint him as a young ger- geriatric because they knew that he's gone. He's like so gone. He's like beyond gone, right? They're telling you what they did. Look what we did. We got Trump back. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. Do you think it's going to be just like a lot of like fear? Climate. Yeah, fear sells. Fear sells. No one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. What is it you do? Technical director. It's one step down from director. It's, our, it's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office without saying it. That's what it was. Trump uh, was hand shaking or whatever, and he was losing it. He's unfit. We were creating a story there. So that's, that's, I think that's probably it. So I'm standing here at 30 Hudson Yards. Warner Media is in right there. That's CNN's corporate headquarters. We're in New York City. Jim Shudo just walked out. Funny enough, I asked him about the videos we have just obtained of a CNN director, Charlie Chester, on tape for years. We've heard that CNN is the most trusted name in news, but a CNN director is on tape telling us that they're propaganda, helping a certain political candidate, employees admitting what we've always known to be true. This time, it's on tape. Look what we did. We got Trump back. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. I really don't think so. Really? I think if COVID had, I think if COVID hadn't happened, it wouldn't have mattered what covered, and Trump would still be in office. Oh. I know. I believe. No, I, don't I, I came to CNN because I wanted to be a part of that. So Chester says that CNN is responsible for getting Trump out of office and helping Biden through his term. Listen to this tape. Chester and Hoffman believe CNN managed to get Trump out of office, their words, and Chester calls CNN propaganda. Yeah, I mean, like Trump, we did it. Like when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like his hand was shaking or whatever it we brought in like so many medical people to like all tell a story that like it was all speculation that he was like neurological damage, like that he was losing it, he's unfit to you know whatever. We were we were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were, so that's that's I think that's probably it. But here we have uh, a guy who's pretending to play. He's playing president right now who can't tie a shoe, can't stream a sentence. Where are all the medical experts? <laughs> at the same place where all those guitars are and crying AOCs at the border wall. Absolutely nowhere. It's all a freaking show. You're watching a movie. They orchestrated. Nothing you're watching on TV is real. It's all orchestrated. This is the curtain where you're pulling behind the curtain, taking a look at Oz. A lot of you that are listening know this. This is the left and the right. You think that your Republican candidates, 
<laughs> aren't just like these tools? Of course they are. Um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were like just taking shots off the bat, hoping something would hit. You know? I guess I have a, a confession. I, I worry about Biden and his, and his, and his health, I guess. Your news health? What? You no, said, I said Biden, our, our president. Like, I, I want to just, like, literally, I just want to, like, take care of him and make sure he's okay. Like, he's definitely, the whole thing of him running during the entire president, like, run for the campaign, showing him jogging is obviously a deflection of his age, and they're trying to make him like, oh, healthy. Is that what we did? I, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? We would always show shots of him jogging yeah. and that I'm healthy, you know, blah, 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 and him and Aviator Shades and like, it's like you paint him as a young geriatric. I like so many arguments about like my dad be like, you're, um, you know, you're voting in Kamala Harris because and he's gonna die in the presidency. And I'm like, that's a Die. Right, I don't think he's But I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. I think she could she be a bitch. She probably be better, but... She probably could be a bitch in, like, a board meeting. Yeah. And you'd hate her as a boss. But she's real and better than what we've had. Right. Regardless. Yeah. I don't... I don't see... I think, I, I think we got him through this term. Even after Biden was sworn in, CNN still seemed to maintain a bias in the reporting. According to Chester. And then, so there are complaints that, like, we're not covering that Biden stuff was there. Oh, did you? Like, we talked about it briefly, but. Well, you talk about that briefly. You don't make that a huge Okay, story. so but the, the fact that we talk about the truck tripping is part, is a bigger nuance. It's a nuanced conversation because did, that's a sign. Did we harp on Trump tripping? I think we talked about it a little bit. As long as we talk about it a little bit with Biden, then I think we're. Going to. We didn't cover it at all. Chester didn't just take credit for Trump's loss. He also alleges it was CNN's, quote, focus. They were focused on getting Trump out of office. Chester also believes that in the current news cycle, there is, quote, COVID fatigue. Chester saying that CNN has a game plan to fix that fatigue. I think there's just like a COVID fatigue. So like whenever a new story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate, um, uh, climate like global warming, and like that's going to be our next like um, I don't know like what's the word it's our it's gonna be our focus like uh, like our, our focus was to get trump out of office right without saying it that's what it was right so our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness what does that look like i don't know i'm not sure i, I have a feeling that she's going to be like constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking about the head of the network like just who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that he's got his counsel and they've all like discussed like where they think um, 
So that's like the next pandemic like story like that will yeah that will will beat to death. But that one's got longevity. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a definitive ending to the pandemic or you know like it'll taper off to a point that it's you know not a problem anymore. Probably think it's gonna take years, so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit, you know. So so climate change overload. Be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> Story like right now, um, we had an inside track right now where the two stories are going to be pushed. Climate change is going to be the next COVID thing to see. We're going to we're going to hone in. I love it. But that's, but that's a fair thing. To commit to that as a network. You said it's going to be like the new COVID. I feel like, well, that's the way it was built. Um, unless that was just a call to arms to get people to start writing and, and then we'll assess it i don't know but that's the way it was like built climate yeah fear cells fear cells so how are they going to scare us with the climate think about it guys i don't know maybe like some weird thing happens because of what is that called the el nino right happened somewhere in Kansas and we all die. New COVID. Jeff Sucker, I think you need to change your motto, the most trusted name in news. Your own employees, your own director is on tape actually telling the American people what we all believe to be true. The question is... Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was. Why isn't Charlie Chester willing to say the private part publicly? He'll say it privately, but he insists it's important to conceal it, to hide it from people. And that's the question, Mr. Zucker. Why is it so important to hide the truth of what you're really trying to do from the people? Sure. They're incredible. They're incredible, aren't they? Wait, there's more. We're going to listen to all of these. And here is uh, part two. Pretty, 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 pretty incredible. Torch them. That's what they need to be torched. Gangbusters are raiders, right? Which is why we constantly have the death toll on the side. Let's make it higher. Like, why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. Fear. Like, fear really drives numbers. Fear is the thing that keeps you too dead. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads? Yeah. No, no one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. So they're actually doing, telling the person what to say. It's an art form. It's always leading them in a direction before they even open their mouth. It's fear. Like fear really drives numbers. Fear is the thing that keeps you too big. What actually happens when a network cares more about ratings than the truth? In the case of CNN, owned by parent company Warner Media, it seems that CNN has resorted to other means in order to keep you watching. What you're about to see is so shocking. Admissions about COVID, its impact, the bias, and things that we've all suspected but have never been able to confirm until now. It's fear. Like, fear really drives numbers. It does, you know? 
the happiest days in news, people, I would imagine, turn it off and they'll, they, 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 don't, they don't stay glued to it. Unless there's something that's uniting them, like a moon landing or something like that. Um, fear is the thing that keeps you too big. Imagine. What's the scariest thing there? Sad news doesn't do well with ratings. You know, like, if you can get someone in passion, that does really well with ratings. Sad news, back to back to back, doesn't do really well unless it affects them directly. COVID, gangbusters with ratings, right? Which is why we constantly have the death toll on the side, which I have a major problem with that we're tallying how many people die every day. Because I I've even looked at it and be like, look at it and be like, let's make it higher. Like, why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. And I'm like, what am I rallying for? That's a problem yeah. that we're doing, you know? Like, well, I mean, it helps with ratings. Of course, yeah, but yeah, I would expect. I have a job. Sure. Like, I'm happy about that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I who gets to like decide how long that stays on or like how do they know I've been in, in the room many a times where my director tells me take it down and I take it down and then we get a phone call like the back the back phone like rings in the back literally a red phone like this special red phone ringing yeah and they pick it up and this producer picks it up and you're and every so often they put it on speaker and it's like the head of the network being like there's nothing that you're doing right now that makes me want to stick put the numbers back up because that's the most enticing thing that we have so put it back up so like things like that are constantly talked about We've done the first video. Charlie Chester and Rachel Hoffman gave us a first-hand account into how CNN's president, Jeff Zucker, really is on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, even when it comes to graphics on the screen, COVID graphics. Charlie Chester referring to the red phone that rings to update the graphics, because remember, folks, it's all about ratings. But why, why don't you guys at CNN show the recovery rates on the death tolls, at least? Recovery rates. Oh, um, who's had it and then recovered? Um, because that's not scary. That's, uh, that, I, I would imagine that's why they don't do it. That's what I if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I like that. Uh -huh. I think um, no, no one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious based on like the amount of stories that we do. Like the fact that we have a segment called the good stuff, which is a feel good thing, but it's dedicated moment at the end to like almost like be the ice cream to alleviate you know like everything that you've been through like you know like something sweet to end it with um because everything else is like i mean it's, it's human nature i mean like i find myself watching more news when 
there's something looming and scary. Chester seems to have lost faith in CNN's ability to do honest reporting, not just at CNN, actually, but in news generally. I mean, there's no such thing as um, unbiased news. There's too many agendas. There's too many people that have jobs that need to feed their families for it to be unbiased. Yeah. It's impossible. The, the, the most unbiased news is grassroots out of people's basement with podcasts. Huh. So like I said, all these journalists you look up to, they know it. They have jobs. They need to feed their families. It's self-preservation. It's not about the truth. But unfortunately, the truth is, is that the truth is coming out of people's basements or houses through podcasts. Because there could be one agenda that all of them should have. And that's the truth. But all of you are asking, who is pulling Zucker string? I already told you who your overlords are. The new crown is those corporations. I hope you guys did watch American Gods. You would totally understand in new gods, uh, old gods. This is why I said we are the news. Uh, it's going to be yours. You are the news. The only agenda that should exist is truth. And that's it. No more, no less. As long as you stick to your truth, right? The truth, not your truth. The truth. Nothing is on the table to be sold or bought. And this is why I'm highly disliked because I make no concessions, <laughs> no concessions whatsoever. Truth is the only way. Unlike the blob, the more you attack it, the bigger it grows. That's, that's the most unbiased you probably get, you know. Um, and unfortunately, the trend is that when they could actually start making money off of it, you start to inherently destroy the thing that you want, you know, by like moving you think up. CNN's done that? All right. So here's where we get to the Pharisees. When you start making money off of it, you end up destroying the things you love. Now, I'm making money on Twitch, right? It's not a lot, but I'm still making money. But is that going to change anything? No. It just gives me more so that way I can put it out there. That means I don't have to cry about contracts. I can put more time and effort and then create the foundations so that you guys can have it. Just like the We Are The News, you guys are doing that. That's all you. And it keeps on going and going and going. That's what's amazing. Because the usual thing is that you lose scope with money. You do. I mean, you saw it with the people that you followed. They were making so much money, right? That their message was like, don't look at other people. Look at me. I know someone else. Look at me. Oh, look who's my guest. Look at me. Look who's my guest. Look at me. Like, no, you have, you are not providing truth. You're providing your truth, right? You're not being yourself. You're promoting your truth. Truth is truth. There are many times that I don't align with the truth. I hate the truth, right? Because I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. It makes me very uncomfortable. But that's what's, that's what's up. You know, he's speaking solid truth right here. Every single person that has started something so genuinely fucks it up for greed. They love that money. 
and they will continue to do that because that is human nature. You get sucked up into it. But you know what? I, I can say that there are very few people that have had a crazy ton of money that have lived comfortable, then have had nothing and then grow themselves back up. Those are the leaders in corporations that actually make a difference. The ones that have been on the verge of losing everything or have lost everything and had to build back. They knew both sides and then they can reflect and say, you know what? I got greedy. That's why I dropped. That's why this happened. You know, kind of like president Trump, he was on the verge of losing everything. Kind of like Elon Musk on the verge of losing everything. It's all or nothing because I believe in things. So when people are more worried about the income, right, then they lose everything. Like for me, a lot of people would say, why don't you just sequester all of your audience to one platform? And I've been asked this question many times. So that way you can make money. Because obviously if you're not posting, if I had, you know, um, you know, I have 75,000 followers on YouTube. If I'm posting always there, I make a shit ton of money. I get more followers. I get all this stuff. But then everyone's just there. Not everybody can access my content there. That's why I have it as sound podcast. That's why I have video. That's why I'm on 17 different platforms, both front-facing internet and Tortor and Freenet. So uh, this is how you how you do it because you're not focused on the money. Yeah, I have Subscribestar. And thank you to all of you that subscribe and unsubscribe because it's like, you know, I'm sometimes at 99 right? Subscribers. And then I'm at, you know, 300. And then that changes like people unsubscribe all the time. And that's fine because our, our economy doesn't sustain and God kind of like the movie yesterday gives you exactly what you need, right? Exactly what you need when you need it. And this is why even on my own stream, I donate, um, you know, um, subscriptions to people, right? I, I gave, I give a lot of subscriptions away because someone's blessed me and, and shot me some, you know, dollars in my account. Why not shoot it right back? Because the whole point of this is creating the message. And if you stop focusing on your message and focus on your pocket, then you're screwed. Anything you do in life, not just journalism, anything you do in life. If you're focusing on, I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying what I do. I'm making a difference. You know, if you're a great hairdresser, you have to focus on, I love making people smile. I love people feeling confident. I love this. Money is just going to come to you. Clients is just going to come to you. Things are just going to happen where you're just fine. You know, because that's how it works. That's how it works. So if we don't focus on making money, but focus on doing something that gives and pays forward, then that's it. Then that's it. You're paying it forward and that will be coming full circle to you. So he is, you know, giving some real wisdom here that everyone that starts in a basement, let's re-listen to it. Listen to it carefully because this is what we've seen with, um, you know, uh, media that sprung up because the news weren't trusted because of their interests, because of, like he said, they, they have families to feed. They're not going to, you know, stab themselves in the foot, right? They're going to lose their job. Okay. So they won't do it. It's always going to be biased. Now the unbiased are the people that are doing it themselves. But then he says they change and you've seen that yourself. And I've told you it's called self-preservation. to have lost faith in CNN's ability to do honest reporting, not just at CNN, actually, but in news generally. I mean, there's no such thing as um, unbiased news. 
there's too many agendas. There's too many people that have jobs that need to feed their families for it to be unbiased. And it's impossible. The, the, the most unbiased news is grassroots out of people's basements with podcasts. That's the most unbiased you probably get. You know? um, and unfortunately, the trend is that when they could actually start making money off of it, you start to inherently destroy the thing that you want you know, by like moving Do you think CNN's done that? Yeah. I don't think CNN's any different than Fox. I think it's on the different side of it, but I don't... I think they come off as very altruistic, but um, I think we bury the lead a lot. I think we... Do you ever watch... We have to sit down and watch it together for me to like point out some things. Listen to the way they ask questions. Because they're not actually asking questions. Any reporter on CNN. What they're actually doing is they're telling the person what to say. It's an art form. There's an art form to it. But it would be like... um, the the accident that you just saw, right? Like uh, one of the reporters would be like, um, uh, so that you know that man clearly went through the uh, intersection, slamming into this car or whatever it was, um, and it really is uh, unfortunate that. You know, our infrastructure of traffic lights and whatnot is falling apart in the um, in the city. Um, how do you feel about the traffic lights and the infrastructure and whatnot? We've led them to talk about how we want them to talk about it. It's always like leading them in a direction before they even open their mouth. And the only people that we will have on the air, for the most part, are people that have proven track record of taking the bait. I think there's like an art to manipulation. I think a lot of, I think some people have figured it out inherently. But like in the, with the media or just like in media general? and in just <laughs> conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when like uh, you ever meet somebody that like you feel like you're being gaslit by, start to listen to how they word things. What do you mean? Inflection, saying things like twice, like there's little subtleties to how to manipulate people. Um, Is it how, what's the difference between doing that like on a one on one basis or like a widespread oh, news organization? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's enough to change the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, isn't that the plan? Yeah, there's a plan. I think it, this time it works with like Trump thing. But look at the other side, how devastated they were. So were we the good guys or the bad guys? Depends on which side you were looking at it. You know? yeah. Chester is fully aware of the power that CNN has over people. His words should caution people everywhere who takes the journalism at these corporations seriously. He tells us not to take it seriously. Chester tells us explicitly how the news business works. Now, if you thought this was bad, stay tuned for the next one, because in the next one, Chester gives us CNN's roadmap to the reality.
that they want you to believe. You mean reality hacking. So I'm going to share with you guys the email that I got before we get to that part, the email that I got from uh, the New York Times. I'm going to read to you the email I got. Hi, I'm a reporter with the New York Times. I'm working on a story about right-wing content creators streaming and making money on sites like Twitch. I'm reaching out as I want to give you a chance to comment or respond to what I'll be mentioning in the story. Do you have some time to hop on the phone and discuss the story? So first of all, I couldn't hop on the phone because uh, I was completely out of pocket yesterday, right? Um, But I don't think I would have hopped on the phone because I didn't want to put this person on blast. See, this specific reporter writes some exceptional content in regards to tech. They're a tech writer. They're not even an investigative reporter, which means that now they've infiltrated those pocket groups like culture, tech, health, right, to make them all politicized, which saddens me, to be honest. Wait, so I have, I have, I have more on these questions and I'll tell you the answers as I go through the questions. All right. Because what you have to understand is I've been on, on, on in your ear, right? Or watching me, uh, for four years, right? Wow. That's pretty cray cray. And well, and you've been reading me for more than that under assumed names or you know, pen names or chief editors would write in my name, write their name, my stuff, or, you know, forums, image boards, whatever. So the one thing that's been consistent is my mission. I don't get skewed. I don't care if I'm making money off of it or not. I spent all that time on red state and not once did I receive a penny for it. When I was running ads for my pillow, Red State Talk Radio was collecting that money. I wasn't. They were. Right? This is fact. So I'm one of the very few that have just been doing things just to do things. Not really concerned if I'm getting anything. A lot of people are like, Will you do your Patreon, do this. And I fell into that pocket with Subscribestar where people are like, well, what do I get for more? And then I'm like, I saw myself getting to that. And I was like, I have to stop. People will subscribe to support my work because they want to see my work. It shouldn't be because I'm doing something extra special for them because they're at this tier. It's because they want my voice not to just be heard through their ears, but because they want other people to join the truth and to join in being proud of their country and loving their country. So that's why I stopped doing like those uh, things where they were little, little steps because I thought, shoot, I can't do that. I can't strangulate knowledge or something important to just a few people because they pay me for it. That's wrong, right? And that's why a couple months later, I ventured out into YouTube, right? A couple weeks, I think later, I ventured out into YouTube um, and Twitch and all these other 17 platforms at once except for the last one that I just added. So um, that's front-facing Trovo, right? So the, the thing is, you're, you're a threat if you're not changing your tune for money because then that means that you'll constantly be giving unbiased approach. So for me, the first part was that she's writing a story about right-wingers and, um, you know, this is a tech writer why do they mix politics and why would you include me in right-wingers, right? 
it's it's pretty bizarre. Uh, as a as a <laughs> if anyone's actually familiar with me, I'm definitely not a right winger. So and then it's like making money on sites like Twitch. Uh huh. So here's where the questions come in, and I'll read to you the answers. Let me just pull that up so I can read it correctly. So, um, let me see. Where is it? All right. So I responded. Thanks for reaching out. And I'm not sure exactly why you would contact me. I have a small presence on Twitch, both in gaming and podcasting. I'm not exactly sure what the term right wing means. I try not to label people solely by their political views. If anything, I care much more about whether someone treats another person with respect. Unfortunately, both Republicans and Democrats often fail in that regard. I've answered your questions, which took me back um, as your work. ah, I missed the word your is usually an excellent source for tech and software and not ugly, polarizing political rhetoric. Your statement questions your statement questions, right? That's <laughs> just the leading questions, but they were statement questions, were odd and erroneous. Therefore, with good faith, I'll respond to ensure it wasn't a form of non-attribution targeted harassment. Nevertheless, I'm at the Supreme Court in an active case against the Republican Attorney General of North Dakota for making false statements, claiming I was operating a charity because he was upset of my reporting antics. He has consistently made false statements and used his public office to violate my civil rights. I have cc'd my response to you to my attorney, who is a Democrat candidate for AG, to enjoin and or demonstrate the extent of harassment and damages I have endured by media outlets that report falsities rather than the case's facts to cause me financial and psychological harm. I think up until there, I'm kind of pretty good at that, right? That was a that was a good one. So now I get into the questions. Listen to the questions. First question. Why did you decide to start streaming on Twitch? Did you have to be being banned on other platforms? Was there an economic incentive? I'm on several platforms, but I like the way Twitch makes streaming fun for everyone. Please keep in mind that I've only been banned from Twitter, and that was during the great Twitter purge of 2021 the same Twitter campaign that removed many people of varying political stripes because I haven't been banned from any other platform, period. Um, I've been demonetized. Doesn't mean I'm banned. <laughs> I, it doesn't mean that I'm not streaming there, right? It doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm waiting for them to give me the 18 plus so I can get my tushy going. So I continue. Also, the element, okay, so I say I use, okay, political stripes. Next. I use multiple platforms to stream my show. Twitch is one of 17 platforms I use. Twitch is a very diverse and inclusive platform. On Twitch, you can find DJs, actors, musicians, gamers, podcasters, cartoonists, etc., with great interactivity features, making it a great venue to discuss and share ideas, among other creative things. Also, the element of watch parties for those that already have Prime is incredible. It's fun to watch movies with friends and my listeners. The only negative thing about watch parties is that you only you can only partake via computer. For now, tablets and phones don't support that feature. Nevertheless, it's an excellent feature. There was no incentive. It was just another platform. Monetizing is a plus on any platform. It's great to be supported by listeners and in their way remunerate you for the time and effort into creating content. Supposing your question is if someone asked me to get on there to pay me, that's a hard no. That's not how streaming platforms work. 
Next question. Can you share how much money you made through Twitch? Right now, it's not that much. Hopefully, your story can change things for the better. Next question. Now, here's the do's. Can you talk about your efforts to get lawmakers in Ohio removed from office? How much money have you raised for that effort so far, and what have you done with it? Even though I'm not happy with most Ohio lawmakers, I'm not spearheading crowdfunding or fundraising endeavors to remove Ohio politicians. However, I have and would contribute to such efforts for all states. Whether right or wrong, some courts are now scrutinizing how Ohio has conducted itself during the pandemic. To me, checks on unbridled political power will always be a good thing. And I cited the source where the judge said that the governor had no right to issue or enforce mask mandates. And that was actually a decision that was done. And then I close with, nevertheless, efforts to hold local and federal lawmakers accountable is a right that is unique to our democratic republic and should be encouraged. It is always great for the people to be involved in their communities. Many don't even know who is on their city council. Hope that helps you, Tori Maris. So I think my response was pretty good. And I think I did it pretty well. Um, I don't know if she was going to try to refer to the car my listeners bought me, but that was there for my car and other stuff. And so I guess they're really, really salty. They're like, wait a minute. She didn't ask for a car and they got it for her. And they're still funding her GoFundMe, even though she bought a car, which means that people are behind her and they're supporting her platform. What if she gets too big and we don't own her and it's only about the people? Oh my God, we got to stop this now. That's the only reason. I mean, that's it. Because why would you come after me? I've got what, 16,000 followers on Twitch? That's nothing. That's a drop in, in, in an ocean. Hmm. The problem is, is that my message has maintained consistency and they have no evidence of doing anything. And they were hoping that, you know, maybe somewhere there, you know, the funds that were given to her for a car and forever, whatever else she wants is going to, you know, pop up and I can tie that into her, uh, you know, fake claim by the AG that she was a charity and I could just smear her and then maybe Twitch over move her, right? Which is a problem because if they do remove me for Twitch, that's targeted harassment and painting me as if I'm a bad person and calling me a criminal. And this is why I attach that to my lawyer. Right. Um, so no one, no one else, um, you know, can say, but I did find out where the source of the target came, which was quite interesting. Okay. Quite interesting. And that's okay. Like I said before, when you guys did that for me, I was shocked and I was angry too. And I was crying. And I'll tell you why I was angry. Because again, in retrospect, I see it. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing it happened. But in retrospect, when I really needed help, you know, I felt like everything was, I mean, one day when I'm ready and I'm over, you know, the way, because I've been extremely traumatized, but I can tell you that there was a period of time where I actually had no way out. There was no way out of my situation. I felt, you know, the most I, I can't even explain it. You know, there's all these organizations, funds, avenues, government resources that help people uh, when they're stuck and they've been victims. And I'm going to tell you this. I had zero help. Zero help. And I remember all I had was um, a million Gavin, 
um, in my ear saying, just, just do your, and, and, and believe it or not, uh, the owner of Red State Talk Radio, who obviously took money to can me, um, saying, just focus on your show, compartmentalize. You know, I had, a, I had maybe 10 people, um, the guy that ran for governor, uh, another guy named Paul, a couple of reporters and, and people that I didn't even think were there for me, just telling me, what can I do to help? And, and even if I needed help, I didn't even know what to say. Like, how do you ask for help? So I was in that position and I got nothing. I didn't get a car. I didn't get a dollar, right? I, you know, I didn't get anything. I was found that, you know, we were victim of something and all these supposed charities and organizations existed and they were like, yeah, you don't qualify. Yeah, sorry, that's a civil matter. Yeah, sorry. What do you mean civil? There's criminal actions here. Like, what do you, yeah, I can't help you. And this is where I was stuck. I was so rock bottom and I didn't even get one helping hand. And it was at that time after Christmas in 2019 where, you know, I, I just got over it and I just fell into the notion, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what I do and, and it'll happen. And, and I remember my eldest being like, mom, like, what are you, I don't know. I've got $2 and 22 cents. I'm good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We're good. We're good. And, um, it's going to work out and I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with the banks. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to find a way to get out of this situation every single time, guys, that I would find a way, I'd be like, hey, Wells Fargo, so this money was stolen from me. And like, can you see this? Yeah. So you're not on the account. Yeah, I was. And I was removed without my knowledge. Can you like, um, yeah, sorry, can't help you. Uh, that's a civil matter. It's like, are you kidding? I just, you know, it was the most insane thing ever. So every single time I would try something, it was a reminder of how, uh, you know, I was blocked from everything. Oh, and while that was happening, I was also getting sued left and right. Uh, Subpoena, not sued by Obama's lawyers at the same time. It wasn't like later or, you know, whatever. It was at the same time. And not even anybody from my church helped. Nobody came to see how I was. Um, I was just like, what is going on here? Like, I've, I help people. I don't deserve this. I was so, you guys have no idea no idea. And I was so angry and I was so upset. And, you know, all these people that it have in turn, except, you know, um, you know, turned on me, knew everything I went through, right? They knew everything I went through. And then suddenly social media attacks started happening. This started, I was like, it's like the whole world was against just me. And that's where I realized I'm just going to release control because if the whole world's against the little low me, right? Who, who has been victim of such a heinous crime, I must mean that's what's up. So I was like, I'm releasing it. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, I want to go there. I'm going to continue my journey into my mission and I'm going to go right there. I'm moving to that state. And I remember my friend saying, how are you going to do that? And I was like, yep. Um, I really don't know, but I'm hoping that it comes out. And then suddenly a friend of mine was like, yo, I just came into this. I could lend it to you. So with $10,000, so I started the year with negative $10,000, which I, by the way, I paid it off before the year was out. Um, I had changed everything. 
Why? Because I didn't even focus on where it's coming from. I just knew it was going to come. I just knew it was going to happen as long as I stayed true to whatever I was doing. And then in March, I started to be like, okay, I should do this subscribe star thing. Um, and then I was putting things out and it was like, I think it was like a, about second week of March, I put one out and then COVID happened. And then I suddenly saw my contracts to window and I was like, what did I do to disrupt something? Did I do that? And that's what was it. I was hiding information behind a paywall and I know it's stupid. It was only two videos, right? But I was like, yep, got to stop that now. Got to stop it. And so boom, everything started to then happen. Suddenly I did get, you know, what I needed. Suddenly I was able to, um, invest in, in programs, in servers. And it was like, it was all coming from, from wherever, just random places. And I was like, all right, all right, I got this. I just have to make sure that, that I don't, you know, lose my focus. And I know it sounds dumb. It was like, I, I think maybe it was like two, maybe three videos max, right? And it's not like I have a big following, like I said, right? But it was pretty awesome, right? It was pretty awesome. And um, when you realize that if you stay focused on just putting out and putting out, in the end, it'll make its round around the world back to you, right? It comes back tenfold. I, I'm living proof. This is why I say it all the time. So anyway, so I, you know, this is where I surmise and, and, and I agree with everything that guy on uh, at CNN said. That it starts unbiased. It starts really wholesome and grassroots, but then it evolves. And maybe that was like a quick slap and I was able to recognize it. But again, going back, when you guys did this whole GoFundMe for me, knowing I'm paying lawyers because I am, I'm, st- I'm, I'm at the Supreme Court. My lawyer hasn't asked me for anything and, and he's filing things. Do you know how good it feels to be able to say, here, have some. You've been there for me when you didn't even have to. Right. And remember, he's like a staunch Democrat. He loves Joe Biden. Okay. Big straight with you. Right. We don't agree at all, but that doesn't mean we can't agree that the law is the law and rights are rights, you know, whatever. Right. So you know how good that felt? Do you know how good it felt to be like, you know, Hey, I was in, I, I was able to rent the car. I wasn't starving. Obviously, uh, you know, I could make my ends meet, pay my rent. I actually had to rent another place for my kid to go to school, which was insane. Right. And I was renting a vehicle and it was expensive, but it was like, that's okay. I could do without this. I could do without that. I could do without this. Right. And it was fine. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. I was comfortable. I, what, what do they call that? A uh, sweet spot where you're not like happy or sad. Oh, content. I was content. Right. I was content. And so being content is a good thing. Right. I was like, I have my car. I have my home roof over my head. Bills paid. There's food in the cupboards. We're good. Um, and I have cigarettes, so I'm great. And I can pay for my internet and my servers and my websites and, and, and I'm great. And then this car comes guys for three days. I cried nonstop. I'm not joking. And it wasn't, it wasn't a cry because I was just happy, but I was also sad and mad and angry. Like my daughter was like, did you at least say thank you? I was like, I don't even know how to say thank you. Like right now I'm upset. I'm upset that now that I didn't even need that. It just came to me. And then it's like, until I processed it, you know, I was like 
thank you, thank you, thank you. But now it's like I was super thankful after that rested. You guys have no idea. Not only did I get a car, I got the car that I've been writing letters to Elon Musk asking him to send me one, you know, as a tax write-off for like a decade. So, you know, it's it's so incredible how things come to you when you don't need it and then you're angry about it. Like now, how about when I had like two bucks and it was Christmas and, you know, I had no one there to assist me. Uh, you know, all these stupid foundations that people give money to tax breaks to none of them helped. I couldn't even get legal aid because they were like, oh, it's a civil matter. It's like uh, accessing my hard earned money is a civil matter. Like that was stolen from. Yeah. So, so. That's exactly where I was. You know, that's exactly where I was. And where, you know, when I saw the car from you guys, I was like, what the, how does this even work? Like, how come I didn't have this then? You know, how did I, how come not before? And now that I, that you guys had, had, had put over it, like I paid the insurance and I got the car. I've, I've been able to pay attorneys and get other things needed, as you can see. I'm doing. Um, and, and that feels great because I never expected it. You guys are all my asteroids. Okay. Uh, just saying, but again, as you can see, the New York times, I think was hoping to cause me harm. And what they don't realize is I like Twitch because I, I, I get to play with my kids, uh, online. I get to play with other people like video games, but then I also get to do my podcast and I also get to do watch parties. Like why would anyone want to disallow you to just connect with the world? And that comes down to, you know, um, what the culture is like. I mean, guys, if you read this, uh, you know, a uh, journalist articles, I actually go to that page at the New York Times because they do kind of really thorough reports on new tech to watch, what's coming out, you know, and stuff like that. They do really good job. And you have to remember that people that may get banned off of Twitch will then be disallowed to use like Amazon services. That's taking away their right to a lot of things. So, you know, it's really, really important that, um, you know, you guys see the bigger picture, like the one that I caught on Reddit where someone was trying to, you know, skew things and put things because that could be the cherry, you know, that break that the, what is it? The straw that breaks the camel's back, the cherry on top. Cause this could really fling back to the New York times, right? It could really go back to the New York times and it'll fling back like slap in the face. So, um, you know, they, but they don't care. I think they're more just trying to cause harm and they're probably upset that they haven't found ways to silence people, um, you know, by pressuring people. But I don't think I, I wholeheartedly want to have faith that, you know, obviously Amazon looks at everything that, um, you do across their whole platform. And they know exactly who you are, what you're about, what things you like to buy, what you don't, right? What content you share, what you watch. You know, they'll see that I'm subscribed to lefty channels for a while. Are they going to say that I'm a racist or that I'm a bad person? Um, I raid people that aren't even in my domain, right? So it's, it's, it's important for people to understand, like, this is a real corporation shakedown.
And the reason they came after me, because I'm considered small potatoes, right? A lot of people see following numbers and they think that measures, right? But half these people that have 250,000, 300, 500, who cares? Don't even have the Rolodex I have, okay? And it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't have my great hair. <laughs> my hair sucks. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there because I hate my hair. But you, you know what I mean? And they just consider people as followers. And I, and I, and I think of you guys at family, we have like so much fun watching movies together. Anyway, so that's what grassroots is, is that when we build a community of news and you guys, right? You guys are going to be taking that over. And the only concern, and I've expressed it to the people that are, that are spearheading this effort with the, we are the news is the only thing that concerns me is, um, you know, people getting overly uh, aggressive and powerful. Like even sometimes even people that are like, you know, admins in, in chat rooms, they talk like crap, um, you know, to people or they feel, you know, because it's a power thing. And some people aren't mature enough in their soul at that point to do that. So imagine when you have your own state's webpage where all of you are contributing at the same time, right? There's going to be that power struggle. So it's really, really important. I actually like Cerno's hair. I just saw that comment fly. I do. Um, it's crazy, but I like it. Anyway, um, just got distracted. But what I wanted to say is when you do something for your community and that be, for me, it's more of a global community, right? Because I have listeners, you know, in Africa, in Australia, in Antarctica, in Asia, in Europe, up in Bano, Alaska, that's the North Pole, right? You know, a lot of places, like globally. I, you know, cater to all of them at in the same way. Now, when you guys take hold of your own community, and put content together about your local community. It's important that no one's content is more important than yours. There could be people, you know, that love knitting and they want to talk about like some knitting group in their county, you know, on the county section page, right? Let them talk about knitting. That's their thing. It's like bird people. You know that movie we watched um, on Monday? on, imp you know, impromptu change in the air, right? Where the guy was a bird guy and it's like, I totally need a bird watcher friend just so that I can mess with them. Um, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of stuff we should be promoting. Like our communities, our little factions, grassroots. We don't need big corporations to tell us how to dress, how to coordinate, how to get together, how to do things. You guys know how to do that. And most of all, they don't need to tell you how to remove corrupt people. They don't need to tell you what you need to be doing in your own backyard. They don't need to be telling you what you need to be doing in your house, right? You can do it yourself. So again, this is bigger than what you think. And, and I know that this attack is highly targeted, highly targeted. I mean, why come to me? I have zero followers compared to others. So again, highly targeted because kind of like, you know, when they crucify Jesus and take out other people, it's not about what they say. Well, what they do, I guess. It's what ideas they're planting and what seeds they're sowing. And right now, you guys have learned to discern propaganda from truth. You guys have learned to understand that almost everyone 
is in this sphere for self-preservation. You've learned how to understand the differences. I mean, so many of you, just even reading my articles, are now able to see that in any one article I write, there's an article within an article. And I wanted to go over that because I think a lot of people have missed a lot of things in my articles. And it makes me sad, um, but, you know, on the other hand, it's not fully transparent because, you know, if you just put it so blatant, then it's like, like we've said before, the truth is really hard for some people to absorb and accept. And it makes them very upset because people that actually know, like Gavin says, I don't really sleep much. I, I nap a lot. Should have seen me at my chiropractor's like the last time I went. He had put me in like this um contraption, right? Where I was standing up. I kid you not. <laughs> I was standing up and I was strapped to this thing up against the wall. I kid you not. Um, and um, I napped for like the full 12 minutes standing. I was standing up and I napped. I napped. I napped so hard. I thought I was going to like snore or something. Um, okay. So let me show you what you missed here. So we talked about um, this new um, level four lab, which as you understand, has pathogens that have no cures and no vaccines and are being developed. Now here was a very good investigative piece. I've, I think I've just put part one. There's a part two where the people of New York were being questioned if they're okay with it becoming from a level three to a level four. Level three means we're dealing only with animal diseases, right? And remember, this is an island near New York. It's like in the middle between like Boston, Connecticut, New York, right? Highly densely populated areas. But they were like, listen, man, I'm fine with the whole animal viruses, right? But when you're going to add people virus, Viruses, you can't put it near the population. You got to take it to another island, somewhere far, far away from people and animals. He's like, it's like this lab with the animals. You're not going to stick it in the middle of America with cows. They literally say that. But guess what? Some people have this fascinating idea that they're going to stick an animal bio research lab that also has human pathogens. It's a level four like Wuhan. It's crazy, right? In Kansas, in the middle of our food supply, because that sounds like a great idea. We're going to put all these animal diseases and human diseases right there in the middle of our food supply because it sounds incredible. So here's a video where it talks about stuff that happened, right? But it's very important for you to understand that there was information about Plum Island where that level three facility was at that they have concealed from the public that that indicated the dangers and indicated the damage to soil and water. But for some reason, they're calling it an environmental freaking sanctuary. Why? Well, when this deal was made that they were going to make it a level four or move it, right? They were like, okay, we'll move it if we have money for it, right? That was the idea. If we have money for it, we're going to move it. So they're like, I know how we can have money. We're going to sell it. We're going to do a private sale 
and that money will fund the moving of this facility to another location. Texas was one of them. Atlanta was another. Um, Kansas was another. Which one was the other one? Was it Missouri? It wasn't Missouri. What was it? Damn, I don't remember. Oh, it was the Plum Island itself. Sorry. So it was either to stay at Plum Island in the middle of all this population with animal diseases or take it to Atlanta where they already have a level four for human pathogens only, but now they wanted to make it a human and animal pathogens. I mean, we need to experiment on how we can create zoonic transfer diseases, right? We need to see if pigs will ever infect humans. I mean, one way of doing it is using porcine cells, but we already did that. So, um... So the idea was that they're going to move it there, but they concealed information. And the reason that they concealed information is because then the people of Kansas would say no. And the question is, did you guys in Kansas actually vote for this shit? And if it has been voted, can you go to your legislators and tell them to take a look again and they need to shut this down? They need to stop right now. They need to shut it down and abandon, uh, abandon ship, like done. I'll tell you why. The fact that they... In the COVID-19 omnibus bill that President Trump signed in 2020, snuck in a clause disallowing the sale of Plum Island because to sell the island, someone buys it. And if someone buys it and they find toxic chemicals, three-eyed frogs, just saying, because that shit turns up in New York, right? Or deformed seals or vegetation dead or dies of radiation, then people will know that these facilities are not safe. This is why they banned the sale of it. So the thing goes is if you created this whole approach, this contract of moving Plum Island to Kansas based on the fact that you're selling Plum Island to fund it, but you're not, now you're taking it from taxpayers, which is a multi-billion dollar cost, you're in breach of contract with the people. You've just changed the rules in the middle of the game to cover your ass. You see where I'm getting with this? This is even bigger than than what you understand. I guess maybe this is why the New York Times wants to shut me up. Um, but, you know, it's going to be really hard to make that case. Um, so they snuck it in just now because they didn't want people knowing what's going on there. Now, another thing that you notice is... Um, uh, these bioweapons labs have always had issues, just like, you know, that time um, at the Dugway Proving Ground where they killed a bunch of sheep in 1927. Um, you know, at the same time of the, <laughs> the stock market crash, right? Um, so let me tell you something about this. So this is what you guys missed. So I'm going to walk you through so you can understand how there's a story within the story and why it was pertinent at the time that I put it out to you. In 2011, the Obama administration actually uh, conducted experiments on the people of Utah, unbeknownst to them. I mean, it always happens with the stupid chemtrails, right? But that's nothing compared to this. This aerial dispersal experiments. Let me show you. Let me, I don't think I played this video for you guys. So I'm going to play for it, play, play this for you now. Take a listen to this. 
All right, we have some new information just into our newsroom tonight about the lockdown at the Dugway Proving Ground. We told you earlier it has been locked down since 5 o'clock this evening. Colonel William King IV, who is the Dugway Proving Ground commander, tells us that crews are working as quickly and thoroughly as possible to resolve a serious concern within the test area. He says no one is in any immediate danger, but that the steps of the lockdown of the facility are needed. The colonel tells us he will open the gates as soon as possible and is delivering food and beverages to the workers who can neither leave the base or enter. We'll keep the story updated on KSL.com throughout the night as well as KSL News Radio and have a complete report tomorrow on KSL 5 News Today. People in American Fork and Highland reported some strange happenings in last night's sky. They did, and they want to know what was hovering over that area between 7.15 and 7.30 last night. ABC 4's Barb Smith is taking action to find out what it was, Barb. Robert and Karen, they tell us that they saw lights, but those lights were not from an airplane or a helicopter. And these lights dropped something as they hung low over the sky. I don't believe in extraterrestrials. Lynette Chittister doesn't believe in close encounters. Neither does Mike Galbraith. And when people tell me this, I, I think, oh, you know, it's just seeing things or people are making things up. But last night, both saw something in the sky that they can't explain. Mike was in the Air Force and says the lights hovering in the sky were unlike any he had seen. He was outside a shopping center in American Fork, grabbed his cell phone, and took this video. But I looked up and there was three red lights, and then they started dropping. Um, it looked like flares or something bright was, was dropping straight down. And Lynette saw it, too, at her home in Highland. And I noticed over the roof of the garage a red light and a white light. And the red light isn't flashing that like an airplane light does. That's what drew my attention to it. She says soon there were three. And out of the red light comes like a firework, the phosphorescent silver. It's coming down out of it. And I thought, okay, I've never seen that before. Both say the objects were flying slowly, almost hovering, and were in formation. And they looked like they were flying in formation perfectly together. And then the, whatever was dropping looked like it was burning um, real bright. The Galbraith says the lights were without sound and did not belong to any plane or helicopter he was familiar with from his military experience. And he says what was being dropped were not flares. They usually shoot out of the sides or they shoot down and, and there's a lot of them. And you could definitely hear them. Lynette's husband once manufactured military flares. He agreed what was being seen was not a military exercise. But what was it? The control tower at Provo's airport had nothing to report out of the unusual last night, nor did the county sheriff's department. Salt Lake International's control tower had no incidents, and officials at Camp Williams had nothing to report. So we are reaching out to you. If you have more video or information... ...proving ground, we told you earlier, it has been locked down since 5 o'clock this... So, hours after that happened, in the wee hours of the morning, the base was locked down, right? So let me remind you of what they did at the Doug Proving Ground, because this is where people forget, right? And it's a story of, upon a story, because I already introduced something else. What happened to SPC Bushling? In 1968, about 6,000 sheep died near this government facility. They were poisoned by a chemical weapon named VX. The U.S. hasn't been known to actively use VX in combat. In fact, it's begun destroying its stockpile of chemical munitions as part of a U.N. treaty. 
but it's just one of many strange and secretive experiments that happen within these walls. Experiments on sheep, mosquitoes, and even civilians. Now, it was very timely where I brought out this um, biosafety issue, and I'll tell you why. Not only because I'm telling you where the storm will hit. What could go wrong? A storm is coming, right? They got tornadoes. They got floods. I mean, what could go wrong? Wait, there's there's more. So let me take you to what they do. Hold on, let's go to the aerial disbursement one so you can see how this works. Obviously, just so you understand how the government works, they knew what happened. Why do they know? Because this happened. Let me take you right there. You remember that general, right? Right? He got fired. So Colonel King repeatedly def def deflected blame, right? You see? He was up until 2011 there. He got fired. Do you know what happened? Let me give you the sequence of events. Aerial disbursement happened. The next day, the base was on lockdown because for some reason, some people in Washington, D.C. got some leaked information that nerve agents were being dispersed in the air. Right? Could have been a mistake. Could have been purposeful. Whatever. Regardless, Brigadier General King right, needed to find out who leaked it. And suddenly, this specialist, you know, went off base with a car, ran out of gas, called someone, but there's really no call record of it, and got lost in the desert, never to be seen again. They just assumed that he died to the elements. First, his family wasn't allowed to collect any benefits because he was considered a deserter. But since he didn't turn up in 2014, they gave him a death certificate as, you know, uh, missing in action or whatever, and he got money. So the family got money. So they even tried to stiff the family, knowing exactly what they did. So I was just shedding a little bit more light because one thing I do very well is put information within information with information. And this, if people actually read articles, but it is the era of instant gratification, people are not paying attention, right? So the base, there were UFOs that morning. The base was shut down. The base says, oh, you know, we had some whatever. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Basically, you couldn't even leave the base. They, st If you were in your car leaving the base, they stopped, searched you. Like, they didn't even have food. They had locked down the base completely, right? So, it was a big deal. And then this boy, like, disappeared. But I wanted to show you that they were claiming that it was UFOs, and they beefed that up. So, the news was, was telling the, you know, giving merit to what the people were saying about um, UFOs, because it's like, it's better that the people think something else even though it's wrong because then it takes them away from what's the truth and that's what it is they feed into whatever you think it may be like to the conspiracy theorists and just you know make it seem so now here's how aerial disbursement works hold on where are the mosquito ones they talked about the mosquitoes too there it is the mosquitoes take a listen the base worked mostly on offensive weaponry biological and chemical munitions designed to directly attack enemies. Sampling devices positioned throughout the test area yield valuable information to chemical core researchers. The 1950s, for example, saw the launch of Operation Big Itch, an experiment that was testing weaponized fleas. The fleas weren't infected with any type of disease or agent, 
but experimenters were working with thousands of them, and the fleas were dropped in cluster bombs to gauge if they would survive the fall from an airplane. And this was only part one. Dugway launched a second experiment called Project Bellwether in the 1960s. Only this time, mosquitoes were injected with inert diseases, inert bacteria, and inert viruses. But get this, those mosquitoes were released upon several groups of human volunteers who were bitten again and again during the trials. And there are records dating back to the late 1950s which describe experiments that used infected mosquitoes. And those are just two experiments known to the public. Remember, I had cosmic clearance, right? So I'm, I'm, I put this out there because if you remember, that evening after my show, people in Florida were seeing the same kind of thing, like something that looked like a meteor. It was a bright light. Other people saw drip, drip, drip of lights and fireballs, right? And then the cat was out of the bag. So then they had to go and report that they're releasing some genetically modified mosquitoes in the Key West. What better way to shut up DeSantis? What better way to screw Florida than to drop Something like that. Ah, ha, ha, ha. See, this is it. This is it. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I, I was so happy. Well, I'm, I'm kind of excited that, um, you know, I had it at the right time and it was fresh on your mind that it was like on the day because it was like, you know, plus or minus 72 hours. But you guys caught on to it immediately. You understood exactly what you were watching. And when you saw the mosquito thing, you freaked out because you're like, wait a minute. I just saw that. Wait a minute. I just saw that. Well, like for me in this story, it's telling you how they're going to screw your food and blame it on climate change. And this is why, you know, we need to like avoid situations like that again, right? Of it being maybe too hot, right? Or maybe extra tornadoes because of climate change. Because then they'll just run through and destroy laboratories and everything, right? And then I also showed you how they are infecting you. But I also showed you about nobody's ever solved what happened to Bushling, right? Where are the cowards from back then, Grassley, who got leaks, right? And caught this, you know, general. I mean, it would be interesting to see some really uh, patriotic person within an agency that has nothing to do, that won't be flagged because this is kind of old, to see who initiated the investigation and why, who was the one that complained and why, where did they get the information and why, so you can figure out where the information was leaked and how it was buried. So wait, there's more. Exactly what goes on at Dugway is, well, pretty unclear. And that's not by accident. The area is intensely guarded. Everything that comes in and out is carefully monitored. Guards are on constant patrol and actively armed. And the perimeter is lined with tall barbed wire fencing. There are even signs that authorize deadly force when necessary. Since the 1940s, officials say operations have shifted from offensive to defensive tactics. Case in point, most of the current known work prepares agents to defend against potential biological and chemical attacks. For example, a multitude of training programs are held on site for the armed forces. Here's one in which Army Reserve soldiers are tasked with checking the radiation levels of artillery rounds. And Despite all of this dangerous experimentation, 
the work done at Dugway hasn't always been properly contained. Remember that sheep incident? That marked the start of a worrisome track record. It happened when overhead planes spewed out the nerve agent into the wind, accidentally sending it into nearby farmland in Skull Valley. Within the next couple of days, farmers found thousands of sheep dead in their fields. The army compensated the farmers and lent them bulldozers to bury the sheep. But the accident sparked a whole debate on the use of chemical weapons in warfare. Adding on to these questionable practices, a 1994 Senate hearing on veterans' health focused specifically on Dugway veterans and civilians. A report found that people at Dugway were exposed to biological and chemical simulants believed to be safe at the time, but that the Army had later stopped using many of them because they realized they were not as safe as previously believed. One veteran who was accidentally... All right, so this is all in the article. That's why I put it in there like a story. When I write articles, I take you on a journey so you can understand every little facet of it, right? And this is where I'm telling you, they're going to kick your food down. <laughs> They've put all diseases that can be known to animals and man and zonically transferred diseases smack in the middle of our beef belt. They're also experimenting and causing you harm. Maybe they need to infect you with like COVID, you know, and they just drop these things that look like UFOs on you. Right. And so this is, this is how it's operated. This is, this is bad. And, you know, obviously not all of them are bad. I mean, that poor specialist wasn't bad, but he passed away. Funny how anti-GMO mosquito activists died in a swimming pool. <laughs> you know, they know what's happening. They know what's going on. What are they talking about? Why are they sending mosquitoes? What are they doing? Why are they dropping it in our backyard? You should be asking them that question. Now, I was going to get into Hunter Biden article. We could do that tomorrow. Um, on that note, if you haven't subscribed to the Telegram channel, for those of you that don't get, um, don't understand Telegram, there's a desktop option. There's a phone option. It's a great play place to just chat. I know our chat has grown. It's like, um, what is it like? 14 and a half thousand people chat all the time. So there's like a timer because could you imagine if all 14,000 started talking at the same time? Um, it's easy to tag people. I do have like a, a channel that's kind of like Twitter where, um, it's just Tori says plus. You can subscribe to that so you can see my latest articles or whatever information or where I'll be broadcasting. On that end, um, I just wanted to tell you guys, even though there's a lot of gloom and doom here, and there is a lot happening. You have to remember that a lot of people have knowledge of this for a long time. So there are mitigation steps, but the mitigation primarily relies on you, the people. I mean, I don't even see how people sit there and they just expect, you know, one person or more than five or less than 10 people to actually get this done right? You are that power. You have to be the soldiers of Iwo Jima and push that flag, our nation up. And it's important that just like even Jim Jordan said, and I'm glad he spoke truth. 
It starts with your state. It starts with your community. It starts with your local area. You can take the reins in your county, in your town, and in your city. Don't let anyone tell you different. We are just the most amazing democratic republic. We govern. We are not governed. And we have become lazy. And that's because we like instantaneous things. We like things to be done for us. We like to be catered to, right? We do. We do like it. But when you get comfortable, you get a dad bod, right? And then you can't complain when you can't tie your shoe, right? All right. Okay. So on that note, guys, I'm going to bid you goodbye. But this evening, I'm going to have a tea time on stereo with Bergie. It'll be super tea time. It'll be tea time. Tea time. What is it? Spill the tea, they say. So we're going to be having a tea time on <laughs> on stereo with Patrick. So it's going to be pretty awesome. So on that note, guys, God bless. I will see you tomorrow or this evening on stereo. I'm gonna fight them all Seven nation army couldn't hold me back They're gonna rip it all Taking their time right behind my back And I'm talking to myself at night Because I can't forget